Welcome to African Women in Dialogue. I'm Lebo Hang Masamu. Thank you for listening. We are here today to fulfill a necessary mission, to document our stories in our voices. For future generations, we will not be forgotten. Our names will echo loudly through the corridors of history. All the women who came before us and the brave ones yet to come who dared to confront patriarchy, violence and inequality in fearless declaration. Who stand brave and unmoving to reclaim what colonialism tried to violate and shame. Our joy, our dignity, our humanity. If any of our African sisters are still in chains, then how can we ever claim to truly be free? As African women, we know violence and we have known it intimately. But what do we say when a woman is not only unsafe in her country, but also violated daily in her house and in her body? Where safe havens are corrupted and defiled by known enemies. We celebrate the end of colonization in many African countries, yet there is still something to say about Morocco's ongoing occupation of Western Sahara where the Sahrawi people weep for the recognition of their human rights as their voices thunder on defiantly, trying to make the world listen. Today, we will listen. We welcome Sultana Sidi Ibrahim Khaya, the acclaimed Sahrawi human rights defender and activist for the freedom of Sahrawi people in Western Sahara. She is also the president of the Sahrawi League for the Defense of Human Rights and the Protection of Wealth, who has currently been on unofficial house arrest for over a year. We also welcome our Arabic interpreter, Yasmin Fechna. Sultana, we understand that it has been over 300 days of your house arrest and it is a big shock to us all. How are you today? And can you recall the culmination of events that have led to this point? I would like to thank all the women and the young women today. Thank you for protecting and supporting populations and the people that suffer and still suffer until today. We have been suffering for 364 days since the 19th of November 2020. We don't have power, there's very limited resources and there's around 150 of us going through this struggle. The day before the 19th of November, on the 18th of November, my mother was beaten and I lost my mother through this fight. I was taking a flight from Spain into Ayun to reach into my hometown, Ashdur, where I lost my mother at the age of 84. Spain colonized the region known as Western Sahara around 1884 and claimed it as the Spanish Sahara. In 1975, Spain abandoned the area and the Kingdom of Morocco occupied it as Western Sahara. This is when the conflict between the Sahrawi people and Morocco began. 
It has been ongoing for 46 years. My sister also was beaten up on the 20th of November on her head with no mercy at all. The same sister that I lost, she lost her son who was two years, three months old boy. He was beaten as well with no mercy whatsoever and they locked us in the house with no one from the Sahrawi that could enter the house. I couldn't help my sister. She also lost her baby who was she was only two months pregnant. On the 13th of November, I do not want to talk so much about this topic as it is a very sensitive topic to me. After torturing my sister, they also tried to get rid of her tooth and they would all of these, all of the torturing was a try to get rid of me. Even by um, the the officer uh, Amar who was targeting me specifically. Um, I was also hit during another protest in Marrakesh in 2007 where I lost my, my one eye. Um, we were protesting close to the French Culture Center in Marrakesh as a student and then this was when I lost my eye and that was around the 13th of February. The situation is really miserable. On the 13th of February, they were hitting my, my eye, which is in my head, to make sure that it, it will last for a long time. They didn't provide me with any medication. That's why I even told my mother. The same happened with my sister. On the same day, my sister was bleeding from her mouth while I'm bleeding from my eye. The the, the beating was ongoing and there was no recognition of human rights at all in this situation. The Kingdom of Morocco exerts control over much of the region and deprives Sahrawi people of their political, economic, civil, cultural and social rights. On the, for the, the torture continued the torture continued through the 14th, 15th, 16th of February. No sleep. They consistently knocked on our door. They were torturing us. They would drag us without our clothes on the floor to show other Sahrawi women how will the treatment be. On the 27th of, of February, they started throwing us with poisoning um, material. Uh, and with poisons and they would just insult us they will uh, sexually assault us and they would um, psychologically abuse us they used to use this um, particular poison that had a very bad smell it smelled almost like a sewage and it used to cause black smoke they used to attack the house from outside and inside with this poison the same poison is used by the Israelis to attack the, the Palestinians on the 6th of February at 4.30 in the morning we haven't had power and until today um, we still haven't had power there is no meter um, they, they are very very strong they use a lot of force with us until today we're unable to get any food uh, we are locked in the house uh, without any resources and everything we receive they throw it on onto the floor on the 10th of May 
we were invaded even further. We had also other protesters tr and fighters trying to take footage of what is happening and all the torture. But on that day, on the 10th of May, 5 a.m., and it was Ramadan, uh, 5 a.m., we were attacked further, me and my siblings, and they tried to torture us in a in the place Oyun to get rid of all of our clothes and torture us even further, trying to kill us. We went through a lot of torture. Uh, we faced a lot of challenges. But on the 10th of May, that was the day we decided that would be a national, memorable day. On the same day, my niece was hit severely and we were all attacked with the poison. They were throwing the poison through the windows, through the doors. We were getting beaten continuously. We got no sleep and we had no power. Even my nieces who are 20 and 19, they were attacked. My brother as well, who he was attacked and he is 63. My niece was attacked continuously and she was raped with a stick. And there, after that, they were attacking my brother who is 63. While every day they raped my niece, who is a young girl, they raped her with a stick on a regular basis. In 1993, the United Nations Human Rights Council declared systematic rape as a crime against humanity that is punishable as a violation of a woman's human rights. In 1995, it was declared at the UN's Fourth World Conference on Women, also known as the Beijing Conference, that rape by armed groups during wartime is a war crime. The days were, were a piece of hell. We were attacked all the time. They were throwing the poisoning material on us. They were they would throw poison on daily basis. Everyone would run away from our neighborhood. Our neighbors would run away. The the police would come and attack us on daily basis. They would start attacking us from four in the morning. I'll be in the house with my sister, my siblings, and my mom. And since then, my mother's she got diabetes and blood pressure, and that started started from the day the 12th onwards and it hasn't stopped they attacked our house on the 22nd at 5 and 5 30 a.m in the morning it on the 22nd they attacked our house at 5 30 in the morning it was me and my other two siblings one of the one of my sisters was visiting us from Ayun, and her um, son was with us and they continued to attack us and and hit us and he could see all the attacks and the baby was crying all the time we were severely tortured they started to throw the poison on us and on the house they started to throw the poison on the furniture inside the house because they were attacking us we we got covid as well and they did not give us any medication for covid 
I was sick for 27 days without any medication and they did not allow us to even open the doors to seek treatment. It's been 27 days without any treatments. We are living in absolute hell. And since then, we haven't received any income. I come from a very, very prominent family. We have a lot of commitments. So being that isolated for such a long time has a big, bigger impact on me and my family. My sister attempted to leave the house once was attacked even further they they cracked her back they cracked her neck they started to pee on all of our sores to make sure we are in pain even more it is absolutely in a in the most violent way um no mercy um and they tried to put their flags on top of our home as well uh, on the 8th of November at 5.30 in the morning, my mom and sister, we were all in the house as usual and we were attacked by people who had the face covered. They tortured us. They injected me with an unknown liquid. Till today, I do not know what was in that injection. Then they threw the poison in the kitchen where we were eating to make sure that everything gets absorbed by by the poison. Um, my mother had such a shock, and since then she's been paralyzed. Um, on the tenth four in the morning, we had no sleep because we haven't had any sleep from. Uh, the 8th, the 9th, and the 10th. Uh, my sister, she was here with us from Ayun, and um, my other sister, my mom, and um, we were attacked um, again in front of my mom. Uh, no mercy, no mercy, and um, they would rape us. They would put the, stick their fingers in us, um, rape us in front of siblings and our mom. Um, that has been happening since yesterday until 7.30 p.m., our life is very is very rough and um, we are free women we are in danger we know where we're heading we know what's our destiny uh, we currently isolated from the people from our uh, um, from our cities and they're practicing every um, violent attack on us we are asking African women we are asking free women to to support us uh, we are no terrorists we are trying to seek our rights um we we've been fighting since 75 until today sultana we acknowledge how immensely difficult it must be for you to even be with us today and we appreciate that you were even able to share and recount all of the trauma and violence that you have been put through. Our thoughts are with you and your family. And we hope that we can be able to use this platform to have your voice, uh, to, to reach out to people, to make people aware of your situation. And we really do commend your bravery and your ability to wake up each day and to continue. And thank you so much for being with us here today. We, I thank you on behalf of my people. I thank you on behalf of my family. And we do need the support. So I thank you from the bottom of my heart.
Thank you. And we wanted to just take it um, in a different direction for a little bit. You know, this this podcast, African Women in Dialogue, we are here to document the stories of amazing African women who are known and unknown to hear their story in their voices. So today, Sultana, as we, we, we ask you to tell us more about who you are and your story, um, for the people who don't don't know much about Western Sahara. Can you tell us about your country and what it is that you love so much about it that you would be able to carry this enormous cause on your shoulders? <laughs> Uh, my country is the last occupied country in Africa. It is uh, Western Sahara and it is a Republic and it is, um, we want it to be democratic. We, if there's no nation, there's no honor. We want to fight the same way the Algerian women fought, the Palestinian women fight. Um, we want to always fight for our countries and we try and fight in a peaceful manner. And with all of the, 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 the talk and the controversy surrounding the independence of Western Sahara. You know, we were personally excited to have a Sahrawi delegation in attendance at our African Women in Dialogue uh, convention in 2019. Can you tell us more about the fight for the liberation of the people of Western Sahara, which, as you mentioned earlier, has been ongoing since 1975? What are the demands and the desires of the Sahrawi people? Uh, we were colonized by Spain and then there was um, an agreement between three countries, Spain, Morocco and Mauritania. And they decided to occupy the Sahrawi as, of course, for the benefits. We've been struggling since 75. Um, it has been 29 years without peace. We're still in war. Since the 13th of November, Morocco created an agreement um, and we're currently under the agreement. We are currently a Mor um, occupied under Morocco. And can you please tell us more about your role as the president of the Sahrawi League for the Defense of Human Rights and the Protection of Wealth? What does your role entail in, in this position? From my role, I try to fight for my country. My country is surrounded by Mauritania on the... Uh, on the north and we want to fight for my country we want to be free like any other country in the world in africa we want to live to live like other countries live without violence without attacks we want to live in peace we want to fight for the soil of my country uh, we we are the last occupied country in africa and we would like to be liberated and that is certainly understandable, Sultana, and we understand, as South Africans, you know, we understand and recognize the fire you have in your spirit for this freedom uh, from occupiers and the freedom to your own self-determination. Can you tell us what keeps you going throughout all of the 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 ordeals that you keep experiencing on a daily basis, what keeps you going? What helps you to wake up in the morning and face the day and continue to have that fire in your spirit? 
يعني بالفعل انا كامراه افريقيه كيف اللي ضحاوا وماتوا وكافحوا I'm very aware of your country and how you fought hard against apartheid and against racism um, and dictatorship. We are Sahrawi women. We learn from you as well and we fight um, taking your energy with us. We fight every day because we know we are right. Um, we fight every day because we know we are rightfully so. Uh, we are women who are fighting for freedom. And in this fight that you continue every day, Sultana, what have been some of the greatest lessons that you have learned? I've learned resistance, to fight for my rights, to fight for what is true, to be patient, to, be, to have courage, to continue fighting for the next generation that will be impacted by our choices today. I've learned also from other freedom fighters' decisions uh, with us, other female freedom fighters. Thank you. And we are indeed the custodians of the future generations. And Sultana, as you are showing us what we do today, the fight that we put up today will certainly determine the son of tomorrow. Um, what I'd like to ask, expanding on lessons, when we look at your background and uh, your studies at the, the Special Institutions of Language in Marrakesh, before becoming an activist and a fighter, what was your dream for, for your life? Or is this what you have always wanted to commit yourself to? My hopes and dreams that time was to continue studying. I went to Marrakesh running away from the occupation in order to study and further my studies in French. I really love the French language. But I was arrested and then they they popped my eye so I couldn't study further and that was done intentionally but I still love the French language and I've, I would have loved to continue. This arrest that you speak of, is this the same arrest that happened at the Sarawi student celebration when you had a peaceful protest at the time? Is that the one that you're referring to? That's correct. It was a peaceful protest during the um, studying time and we were walking as students and they they threw uh, tear gas on us and um, they attacked the students and they arrested me for 18 days. Wow. And, and before that, when we take a look back at your life, uh, before you were part of any uh, student protests and before you had even decided that you wanted to study French and continue to study, can you talk about the little girl that you were? The little girl who was born in Bujdur in 1980. What stands out about your life then? You've already said that your family was quite is quite prominent. Um, what kind of family was it? And what were the highlights of your time in childhood that you can think back to? Uh, 
Um, in fact, um, I was born in the 80s, like and like any other Sahrawi family, we wanted to fight for our rights. We were surrounded by kidnap kidnappers. We were surrounded by a lot of violence or people who would relocate and be refugees and they would live in refugee camps. And that was since 91. Um, we always want to express ourselves. So we grew up wanting to express ourselves, wanting to fight for freedom, wanting to um, uh, get rid of all the kidnappings and um, and work to, towards liberating my country. And Sultana, in an ideal future that you and your fellow activists continue to fight for, how, what do you envision for yourself, for Western Sahara and our continent at large? I want to fight for human rights. I want to see human rights applied. I want to see that the rights of the the rights are the highest principle. I want to see um, Africa united. I want to see the last occupation is free to be the democratic Sahrawi occupation to be freed. I want to see our freedom um, and our liberation existing. Thank you, Sultana. And that brings us um, to a close for the first part of our interview. And we thank you for telling us your story in your voice and allowing your voice to ring throughout the continent. Um, I thank you so much for giving me this opportunity and for uh, putting an example of what African women can do through your platform. Um, I would like to thank you also because you are now our voice because we are, we are currently occupied, we are isolated so reaching out to us you are currently our voice thank you so much for setting the example I'm hoping that they won't cut my internet because they usually cut it um, so I'm glad we had this opportunity because they they monitor also my internet we're so happy we had this opportunity to thank you Yasmin and thank you Sultana and Sultana you continue to be in our thoughts uh, for your freedom personally that of your family and that of the Sahrawi people we will Stay in touch and thank you so much for the opportunity. African Women in Dialogue is a podcast created by the Zanele Mbeki Development Trust. My story in my voice. Thank you for listening. Be sure to follow our social media for updates. We'll connect again soon.